Welcome to the Mystery of History podcast with the author Linda LaCour Hobar. The Mystery of History is an award-winning world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for parents and teachers seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration for home and education from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, and welcome to the Mystery of History podcast. As you know, the month of December marks the anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, which happened on December 7th, 1941. I will confess, though, that as much as I like history, you know, I still find it mind-boggling that while Europe was embroiled in war against the Nazis, Japan interrupted the headlines with this unprecedented attack on one of the beautiful islands of Hawaii. Of course, that attack drew the United States into World War II, where previously we were just spectators. Now, on a personal note, my father-in-law was one of the brave young men who saw action in the Pacific following that attack. He worked on machines in the hull of a ship at sea. He survived his tour of duty and were grateful for his service. You know, many of you have the same story of relatives who served in World War II, and they are now either in their elder years or they have passed away, like my father-in-law, who we lost several years ago now. Well, with us losing those that have served, I think it's all the more pertinent that we not forget the story. So today I'm going to broadcast my audiobook lesson on Pearl Harbor for those that may not know the story well. Please keep in mind that what you're going to hear today is just one segment out of four chapters on World War II found in the Mystery of History, Volume 4. Now, for proper context, know this. World War II started with Hitler's invasion of Poland. That was in 1939. It was followed by the Blitzkrieg of Europe, the Battle of Britain, the blunders of Mussolini in 1940, and then Germany's bold-faced invasion of the Soviet Union. That was in June of 1941. The Pearl Harbor event was just a few months later. So for these stories and more, you can get them through our Hardback Student Reader, Volume 4, or through our MP3 audiobook, which we sell by the quarter. Our products can be found at themysteryofhistory.com. Thanks for listening and learning. And now, let's remember Pearl Harbor. The Japanese Attack on Pearl Harbor Many a young student has wondered why the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor about halfway through World War II. I confess that the incident seems out of place with the rest of the war going on in Europe. So let me first explain the strange relationship between Germany and Japan. Then we can get to the shocking details of Pearl Harbor. In the mid-1800s, Japan was forced to open its doors to trade with the Western world. As Japan opened up, it grew. As it grew, it needed more land and resources. Thus, Japan became a lot like Germany in desiring more living space for its people. You could say that Adolf Hitler of Germany and Emperor Hirohito of Japan were of kindred mind and spirit. Both were powerful dictators. Both wanted to expand their empires. And both would employ Machiavellian methods to accomplish their goals. Some historians debate Hirohito's role in World War II, suggesting he was pressured by militant Japanese leaders to be aggressive. Regardless of Hirohito's motivations, Japan shamelessly invaded Manchuria for more resources, 
and then provoked a brutal war with China in 1937, called the Second Sino-Japanese War. Following the Japanese invasion of China, Japan signed an agreement with Germany and Italy to be allies. The long-distance relationship was named by the capital cities of each and called the Rome-Berlin-Tokyo Axis. Think about that for a minute. Mussolini, Hitler, and Hirohito were bound together by their ideologies. Just two years later, Joseph Stalin completed the circle of world-dominating leaders with a Nazi-Soviet pact that I told you about in our last section. Of course, the pact was a farce. Hitler never planned on keeping Stalin in the loop. Now getting back to Pearl Harbor. So why did the Japanese attack the United States in December of 1941? Well, it had a lot to do with resources. The Japanese wanted access to rich oil reserves and other commodities scattered across Southeast Asia. Standing in their way was the United States, which had its own interests in Southeast Asia and China. In fact, the United States sided with China in its war against the Japanese and provided China with supplies. The Japanese weren't sure how far the United States would go in defending China and guarding the resources of Southeast Asia. Rather than wait to find out, they planned an attack 4,000 miles from home. It was the idea of Admiral Isaraku Yamamoto. He believed that a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor would permanently cripple the U.S. Navy, knock it out as a threat, and pave a smooth path for Japan to conquer all of Southeast Asia. In particular, the Japanese wanted Sumatra, Java, Borneo, New Guinea, and the Philippines. Already in their possession was French Indochina, which now is Vietnam. The Japanese took their mission seriously and trained for it extensively. With the help of spies in Hawaii, the Japanese learned the exact location of U.S. warships and planes, which regularly parked in and around Pearl Harbor. The United States had a few clues that the Japanese were up to something, but no one knew with certainty the disaster that was to come. Not even Hitler knew what was to hit Pearl Harbor. He would later admit he was surprised. On Sunday morning, December 7, 1941, a wave of 184 Japanese torpedo bombers, nicknamed Kates by the Allies, and Mitsubishi fighter planes, nicknamed Zeros or Zeeks, took off from their aircraft carriers in the Pacific. When Commander Mitsofuida could see the island of Oahu breaking through partly cloudy skies, he shouted, Tora, Tora, Tora. The word means tiger and was code for let the attack begin. At 7.55 a.m., bombs began to shower Pearl Harbor, catching the U.S. military completely off guard. Pearl Harbor was a large station for the U.S. Army Air Corps, Navy, and Marines. The Air Force was not a separate branch until after the war. Most servicemen were sleeping in that Sunday morning. Those up and about were doing ordinary duties on the ships or enjoying time off on solid ground. The Japanese raid was so well orchestrated and came as such a surprise that soldiers could barely make sense of the sudden barrage of bombs and torpedoes. Within minutes, Pearl Harbor was engulfed in flames. The Japanese intentionally hit air bases, navy yards, and battleships. Out of seven battleships that were struck that day, the USS Arizona was hit the hardest. 
after multiple bombings that probably hit its ammunition storehouse, the massive battleship exploded and sank into the harbor, killing 1,177 sailors and marines. They died from the scorching blast or drowned as the ship capsized. To this day, 1,102 are still entombed in the sunken remains of the Arizona. A permanent memorial, accessible only by boat, was built over the sunken ship in 1962 to honor all military personnel who died in the attack on Pearl Harbor. To inflict more damage on Pearl Harbor, when the first wave of Japanese planes ran out of ammunition, they sent a second wave. Under Commander Shige Kazu Shimazaki, 181 more aircraft took to the skies over Pearl Harbor to continue the plan of destruction and to strafe the tropical island. To strafe is to fly low and fire over an enemy. By this time, more American soldiers had scrambled for their weapons. A few took to their P-40 Warhawk fighters, though half of the planes on the ground had been destroyed. Through black, billowing pillars of smoke, American soldiers defended the burning island as best they could. Within one hour and 45 minutes, the attack on Pearl Harbor ended. Though a third wave of attack was considered, the Japanese chose against it. They were not sure that they hadn't stirred a sleeping giant, so they wanted to get out while they could. Deeming their mission a success, they lost only 29 aircraft and five midget submarines. The only part of the Japanese mission left incomplete was an attack on two extremely valuable U.S. aircraft carriers that happened to be at sea. Otherwise, the Japanese managed to sink or destroy 18 vessels. Eight of those were highly prized battleships. The Japanese also destroyed 164 planes and damaged another 100. Of course, war machines can be replaced or salvaged. Most of the sunken battleships were retrieved and refurbished, as were hundreds of planes. What could never be replaced were the people who perished on both sides. Approximately 2,403 Americans died at Pearl Harbor. 68 were civilians. Almost half were aboard the Arizona. The Japanese lost 129. A few of those were pilots who volunteered to die as suicide dive bombers. One Japanese soldier was captured and taken prisoner. So, to sum up this section, as well as close our lesson, did the attack on Pearl Harbor cripple the United States, as the Japanese hoped, and knock it out of the way as planned? No, no, no. On the contrary, it riled up the country and pushed the war to a global level. On December 8, 1941, at the urging of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, Congress declared war on Japan for its unprovoked and dastardly attack. A few hours later, Canada and Great Britain came alongside the United States against Japan. Within days, several other nations from around the world also stood with the United States and joined the Allied powers. Since Japan was in cahoots with Germany and Italy, Hitler and Mussolini declared war against the United States on December 11th. The Soviet Union had, of course, changed sides after Hitler betrayed Stalin and the Nazis drew in the Baltic nations of Hungary, Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria, and Croatia. We'll resume our study of World War II in the next lesson with fighting on two opposite extremes, 
the warm waters of the Pacific, and the freezing streets of Stalingrad. Thank you for listening to the Mystery of History podcast with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on our curriculum or for additional resources like games, video lectures, and self-paced courses, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.